بإسلامي وإيماني أضاء الكون وزمن بإسلامي وإيماني أضاء الكون وزمن السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another episode of Strangers Perspective and um, in this episode we'll be talking about Alal Haram money, Alal vibes. Um, in the last episode we talked about judging without judging and um, give, we shared our experience, different experiences we've had with judging and then how we've been able to deal with judging and yes yeah, so in this episode we'll be talking about Alal money Arab money and halal vibes. So the background behind this topic is that, um, well, we all need to earn a living to survive, right? But how do we, as Muslims, how do we stay within the boundaries that Allah has defined for us? And um, how do we not fall into things that Allah does not want us to fall into? So basically, how, how do we keep hold of our taqwa and not go into things that Allah does not want us to go? into so that's basically what this episode is going to be about uh once again i'm ibrahim and um i have here with me abdullah and Okoya. so let's get started um so can can we with abdullah and Okoya, can you just maybe give some background information on this topic what do you think about this topic haram money halal money haram vibes Alal money, alal vibes. I think there's some variation to that topic. <laughs> well, it's a very interesting topic. Um, someone, everyone. So there's right. alal money, alal vibes. There's alal money, halal vibes. There's haram money, haram vibes. And also there's haram money, alal vibes. Whichever one anybody is doing. <laughs> So I feel like the topic is going to like uh, expand more on the different categories that are present, right? Uh-huh. Whichever word we all fit into. So uh, it's a topic I like personally anyways. So I'm here not just to speak about what I know, but like to learn from other people, like learn from other people's experiences and what they think, <clears throat> what they think as well. So yeah. Um, that, that's all I can say for now. That, that's just like for now. Oh, for the intro. So, Abdullah, you can also give some background on this topic. Um, so, like Rukaya says, we can have haram money, haram price, like all those variations. So it feels like there are two categories of people, right? So there is the category of people that doesn't really care about where they end their income, right? And so there's this saying that haram service cars. So why are you telling halal? Haram itself is cars. Like people are fighting over haram, yet you are saying we should go and end the halal way. So this are one category of people. So they don't okay. even care where they end their money from. And there's the category of people that they feel like they are so pious, like subhanAllah, even like mashallah, that they don't want to, they want to distance their, themselves away from anything like, you know, seeking the world, seeking some part of the world, like uh-huh. some means of any means of sustaining the family, 
and stuff like that. So and this it is not something that we know that Islam preaches to us. Islam preaches balance between these two. So like the ayah in Quran, there are those of them that they say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirat hasana wa bin adab Allah. Allah grant us in this dunya, good in this dunya and good in, in the next one to come. So this is actually a dua that's from an authentic report that the Prophet says a lot. No, so this dua says, um, the hadith talks about uh, that the Prophet likes to say encompassing dua. So encompassing dua in the sense that if he says just small sentence like this, it has encompassed a lot of things. All of this dua that he says a lot is so part of this is oh Allah grant us good in this world. So if the world is not of importance at all, it would have been no. No. So it would not include dunya, but it includes both because we have to sustain ourselves both in this dunya and we have to seek for akhirah. So like the ayah you should. So this ayah is, is, is very encompassing and, you know, like scholars go on and on to explain in depth into this ayah. So, but the point I want to take out of this is that we should not forget our portion of the dunya. So we should strive to get, you know, it's not bad thing to wear good clothes. In fact, you have to wear good clothes. So like Allah told the prophet, one of the first commandments of Islam is that your clothes should be neat so you are going to meet people. So we want to wear good clothes. We want to, you know, sustain our family and all of that. So we need some no. part of the dunya. So, but at the same time, this is not the main goal. This is not the main goal. This is just part of it. So we want to use the dunya to achieve the akhirah. So that's why it is what Allah has blessed us with in this dunya. I want to use it to achieve the akhirah. Yeah. So yeah. akhirah is the ultimate goal for just because of that, we cannot abandon dunya totally. So we have to find a way to balance between the two. And that, that's like the introduction that I have for, for this topic. MashaAllah, JazakAllah khair. That's a very encompassing introduction. So I think one very important thing I picked from your intro is that we, we have like people going to the extremes too much. So we have like two opposite extremes. We have some people who just want to do like too much of the akhira, too much focus on the akhira, and some people, it's not like too much focus, but neglecting, focusing on the akhira and neglecting the dunya, and then we have another category of people, too much focus on the dunya by neglecting the akhira. So, I mean, the main point is to actually balance between those two things, balance between the dunya and the akhira. Now, so um, I, I feel we should also give some context after this, like, Maybe just a little bit. Uh, we, we, we are not like scholars that can start defining one, what haram or haram is, but just like an overview of what haram or halal is. Like, what is what can we define as haram money and what can we define as halal money or halal wealth? Maybe we should just use the wealth instead. I think wealth is a better thing to use. So, what, what can we define as halal wealth and haram wealth? Can Abdullah just give some insight on that? Yeah, basically, you know, these are Arabic terms. So like you said, so you cannot do perfect justice to it. And to be honest, Arabic is so, it, it's so, I don't know how to say, it, it's so fundamental that there is no way you can translate it to get the exact 
many that it's meant to convey. So we can only try our best. So basically, Hawam is a term in Arabic and also a term in Islam. So it's like Islamic um, lingo. So and it's basically something that is forbidden. No. Right, some mm-hmm. something that is from haram generally is anything that is forbidden, irrespective of yeah, haram actions, things that you shouldn't do, like you know, like prostitution, premarital sex, and postmarital sex, uh, extramarital affairs, like consuming alcohol and stuff like that. So there can be haram actions, there can be haram relationships, there can be haram ends. So haram generally is what is forbidden in Islam. And how do you know what is forbidden in Islam? This is based on what Quran and Sunnah. So what Allah tells us in Quran that this is haram. There are some things that are clear in Quran, right? For example, Allah says in the Quran, Allah says buying and selling, Allah has made it halal. So, no. so far we follow the principles. No. And interest is clear, Allah has made it haram. Hmm. So this is clear. So things that are, that comes in the Quran as this is forbidden, this is that's how and there are some things that come from the explanation of the prophet so no. what the prophets has told us from the wahyu from the revelation that he got from god that this is allowed this is permissible and this is impermissible no, those impermissible things in islam are what is called how in general no. No. oh and you mentioned how money so how money like the money aspect of it right so yes. money that you earn from what is forbidden in Islamic Sharia, right? So I mentioned Islamic Sharia because people used to think Sharia is just a very small portion of uh, this punishment and that punishment. You know, Sharia is like the guideline of the guideline of any Muslim, right? From where when you were given birth to, the way your parents should have taken care of you, to when they will bury you. So encompassing like. From beginning to the end. So Shiga is not just punishment for stealing or punishment for, for this and that. So what is forbidden in Islamic Sharia? This is what is called um for, for any, this is what is called haram. So for example, um, again, this is very wide. So I just want to like just pick small, uh, like when we talk about corruption, so you know, bribery, you know, money that you earn from killing, from cheating, and all of those things. This are haram that I'm sure we'll touch more on in those, inshallah. Yeah, just like you mentioned, when you mentioned sh- Sharia outside, it's like, ah, he's now now to start killing people. <laughs> you, you, I think Sharia has been really attributed with that part of like killing, killing, killing. A lot of people don't even understand that Sharia. Sharia is just like law, right? Sharia is just like law. Yeah. So it encompasses more than just the whole punishment, punishment thing. <laughs> so when you, when you mention Sharia, they just look at you that, ah, the reason for that is because a lot of people have misused it so that's why i made it clear that yes, what yes, allah yes. commands us and what the prophet so you know some category of people is using islam for politics and stuff like that no, so okay. just pinpoint the ones that are useful for them so and they call it shabia. so this is what has caused the misconception for, for a lot of people exactly yeah. exactly about harmonies i think literally the source Mm. And also this adit um that there was a man that was struggling, his clothes was dirty, what he eats is 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 not pure. No. He like he raised his hands up to Allah, making no. a supplication. And Rasulullah was like, no. How would Allah give <laughs> Because Allah is pure and he does not accept anything that is not pure. So if 
the source of our income in something that is not pure, then whatever we do with it, some people are robbing wood. So they steal money and then they make sadaqah for it. And they are alive. <laughs> Just because you are doing something to do the money that you stole. The source mm. of the money is So whatever you do with the money has no basis as far as Allah is concerned. Mm, that's that's very important. Well, you mentioned some people are robbing hood. <laughs> so, something is funny. I, I remember there was a day Sheikh Asif was asked that if you earn your money, like primarily in Haram ways, maybe from interest and all those things, can you go to Hajj? Can you send people to Hajj? You know, to purify <laughs> your purely Haram ways. <laughs> okay. like, there is no concept of robbing hood in Islam. That was the first time I heard about that one. <laughs> <Robin Hood. laughs> there is no concept of robbing hood that you go and steal from someone and use it for someone else. So, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, like the source in Allah, like by Allah, it's pure. You will not accept whatever is not pure. So it's it's just not it. I I think that's the old that's the, that's where this topic actually comes from, right? That's where we have the haram money, halal vibe. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have money from corruption, you have money from <laughs> stealing, and then you want to be vibing. Like, let me send people to Makkah. Let me send people to Umur, let me build masjids. I mean, that, that's the whole alive vibe. I'm about Sadako. I'm not if you get it. So that, that's the whole thing. Like, how can you bring, you know, that you are trying to bring two unlike charges together? Or is your unlike pose? Or how does that work? Two like, no, okay. I, I don't think we can use that like, example. Like, I, I don't think we can use that yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike, Poles, unlike a um, magnetic poles, actually attract. But in this case, those things yeah, are you like... can say if you are bringing like water and fire. I don't know why this thing keeps <laughs> exactly. Like you are bringing water and fire together. Exactly. <laughs> you so... Water and fire together. So what's going to happen? <laughs> One has to die for the other. So that's basically. Yeah. The the end doesn't justify the means in uh, Islam. So. Oh, okay. I, I just remember the description. Has to be taken now. care of. Now, so there was this um lecture by Professor. So he, he was talking about that, that in Islam, like in English, you just have word and opposite, right? But in, in, in no. was he in Sharia or in Islam? So he was just talking about, he was talking about Tawhid. The lecture was based on Tawhid. That in Islam, there's something, there's a concept called, there's concepts in um, Islam, like you have some word and opposite that cannot coexist. For example, you know you have some word and opposite that can coexist. Like for example, you have black and white. Black and white can coexist, right? You can wear a black clothes and you can wear a white clothes. But there's another type of, of word and opposite that cannot coexist in Islam. So just like you mentioned, water and fire. So that that's the same. He, he was actually trying to talk about Tawid in that lecture. I'm just trying to link it here. You know, Tawid and Shirk, <laughs> I mean, there are not things that can once you once there is shirk like this, I mean that just it puts off everything. So that's the kind of word and opposite things that cannot coexist. So I just remember that explanation when you mentioned water and fire. I would require wanted to have something. No, I said the same with um, Quran and music. No, no. Cannot coexist in your in your stock at the same time. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think the next thing we should talk about right now. Wait, do, do you know the funniest thing before you move ahead? The funniest okay. thing about that is some, some people actually try to oppose it. Okay. Like they will tell you that you can actually be on half and still be singing. 
So, but they don't get the gist. The gist is not to have the Quran in your stomach, in your mind. The gist is to know it and be able to act upon it. The ultimate goal is not to just have the Quran up there. That's the ultimate goal is to be able to apply it in your daily life. So that's what cannot coexist. No. That, that's the mm-hmm. definition of Hafiz. Hafiz is like protection, right? Somebody that protects something, uh, like the source of the word. Uh, I'm not really a scholar, no. but I've listened to some scholars try to explain what Hafiz means. It's like protection, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's basically no. what it is. When you, when you start to make something like music with that, then you're basically not fulfilling. I mean, automatically, it makes the person not have Hafiz, but we can still call the person an Hafiz, right? But it doesn't actually still means the person is an Hafiz. <laughs> so I, I think yeah I, I like the example yeah. that you gave so, and that is very important that makes sense no, no. so the, I think the next thing we should talk about is like um, wealth right it's not like we are saying wealth is not important like wealth is important <laughs> so what are some benefits of having wealth that we can just just a few benefits that we can just talk about and just just to show that okay it's not like we are saying having wealth is bad right I mean look at Ustaz Abdullah See the nice cap. I mean, you can't buy those cars with stone, right? They, they don't <laughs> price. <laughs> so hard so hard you can't buy you can't buy that kind of cap with stone. Or it's not like you are going to go and pluck the cap on top of a tree somewhere. <laughs> Caps don't grow on trees, or money doesn't even grow on trees. So, <laughs> so how do we or what are some benefits of wealth? I think require should go first this time now. Well, I think for me, one of the, the greatest benefits of wealth is from the hadith of Rasulullah that says that no, yes. we are not allowed to, not verbatim now, but at least what I can remember from it is, we are not allowed to um, become envious of anyone except in two scenarios. No. So the first one is the one who has knowledge, either the knowledge of the Quran, basically mm-hmm. of some beneficial knowledge and person learns this thing for Allah's sake and teaches it for Allah's sake. And the second scenario is someone who has wealth, halal wealth now, and okay. spends it purely for the sake of Allah. Okay. So imagine all the kinds of people that exist in the whole world. And Rasulullah is telling us that only two people that are actually qualified to be envies are just these two people and one mm-hmm. is and the second one is wealth so if of all the things that can qualify if wealth is qualifying then it is important as muslims to actually be well to even if not wealthy but at least have money because it's one of the things that um i would like to put that one of the things that that would actually grant someone the best of jana if one uses it to the best of use same thing for the Quran as well. Um, so that's one of the benefits of having money or maybe creating wealth. So you're able to benefit others, you're able to get the best of Jannah. And also there's this part of the Quran that says that use what you have in this world to care yeah. your year after. So oh, if me like as a person, yeah, I earn so much halal money and I'm able to like sponsor a lot of people, do a lot of things, do a lot of sabaqa and all that. I won't be on the same level with someone that is unable to do all of these things. And maybe the person who does not even do some of the other little things that um, Rasulullah Sala mentioned. Mm-hmm. Because I remember there's also an edit on when some of the Sahabas were like that 
um, these people that are rich, they'll get everything that is in Jannah. And we that we don't have the money, that what can we do? And it was like, okay, do subhanallah, like all these little to advice that they are also sort of for another. But the thing is, not everybody will be able to do all these things because it's easy for you to have money and just assign to do this thing. It's easy to make money work for you. But the average person that is that is not wealthy, what would be on the person's mind is maybe how to create money or maybe pushing from one issue to another issue or something. Like, person might not even have so much time to even sit down to worship Allah. And to me, but I feel like if you have money, you even have time to like do some things. You'll be, you'll be able to, um, aside putting your money to use, you'll be able to do some other act of ibadahs because what your mind is kind of free to some extent to think about all of these things. There's nothing like, okay, I'm having money issues and um, like I have to click and do this thing and all that. I don't know if you are getting what I'm driving at, but I feel like money just makes even doing Islam easy for you. If you are not wealthy, you can't go for arch. Like if you don't have the means, you can't go for arch. You can't do zakah. So I feel like it's good to have money, <clears throat> halal money, by the way. It's very, very good to have money. Yeah, but but I just want to add something to what you said. That there's a catch. There's also a catch to having money, right? I think you, you made it sound too easy by <laughs> like talking about money that way. So the, the, the catch is some of those very rich people, right? They don't even have time, so they don't have time. When you have so much money, I mean, you have so much engaged in how to manage the money, how to, I think many times, how to get more money that you, at the end of the day, you still don't have that time. I think the, the only fundamental difference is like, you have the capability to do more than somebody that doesn't have money, right? But it's still, I think that time factor is still, like, I don't know. I, 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 think, I feel sometimes the people that don't even have money may even have more time to spend on act of ibadah or act of ibadah than somebody that has money. It might just be easier for somebody that have money. Maybe, I mean, they have air conditioned. Maybe, for example, during the time of um, summer where it is very hot, where maybe when the weather is very hot, they have air conditioned room or they have places where they can just easily enter, turn on the AC, mashallah, <laughs> or the, or the, <laughs> no, I feel all the cool, uh, it just be flowing. But, I still feel there's a catch to having money. Are you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a catch to having money oh, I feel in like... terms of time. <laughs> I, I, I think what you guys are trying to say is that... In your hands, right? And not having mm-hmm. to your hands. So I feel yes, like... That, that's, the theoretical, that's the theoretical thing. But most people that have money, are they like that? <laughs> I think that's the question we need to ask. Most Muslims so are really that have money, they like that. If your money is halal, actually... Yes. You are not so bent on making more money. Like I don't know how to put it. Not like like there's this contentment that comes with having your money the halal way. Okay. Those after money that they end up not being contented are those that uh. actually create money from means that are not halal. Uh. Because it's never it's never it's never okay for them. The greed uh. is always there. That's so there's the no hypothesis. Okay. I, I think I think what Ukaya is saying there and what Ibrahim is saying there is what, even if you have money from halal means doesn't mean you'll be satisfied, right? So and actually the reality is satisfaction doesn't primarily come from money. It can help. Um, it can help, but primarily doesn't come from money. So I mm-hmm. think it's more of the goal as a Muslim is not to have money. The goal is to earn money to use it, you know, for good things, to earn akhirah. So mm-hmm. our goal is not I want to earn more money. 
So even if you have your money from halal sources, but your goal is I want to compete in the best cars, I want to use the best phones, I want to use the best laptops. Even if it's the if it's under even if it's one thousand percent halal, you might not still be satisfied. You still like keep pursuing more and pursuing more, and you never be able to rest. So just my own addition is that money is the best, right? As much as poverty would. And it's not ultimately bad. So uh, at least we know from the stories of the prophets, like from the Sahaba that were prophets, there were a lot of them they were, that were extremely rich, the kind of riches that we cannot have in this life again, even from the prophets too. Like Alfman Bun Alfan, and it was one of those that were actually promised Jannah from Dunya. They were promised paradise before they even died. Like wow. Abdurrahman Bun Alf. Wow. So as much as there were people that were very poor too, and that doesn't stop them from earning Jannah. So no. one thing that we need to make clear is the goal is not to be poor. That can be your cordial. At the end of the day, you might strive and strive and strive and you are still poor. So even as a Muslim, there are a lot of, there are a lot of hadith that talks about the, the reward for those that are poor in Akhira. Let's, let's be realistic. There are a lot of hadith that talk about the benefits, the extra benefits for being poor. But no, the goal is no. not for you to aspire to be poor. Right? <laughs> The goal is like, that's like consolation for you've tried your best, but Allah doesn't give you the vote. But still, you stick to the deen, you do your, you know, you discharge all your duty to Allah, and you're no. able to meet him good. Then you can have those extra benefits. No. So the goal is not to say, oh, Allah, I want to be poor, so I can enter Jannah before the rich ones. Right? That's not the goal. So the goal is, oh, Allah, I want to have as much as possible to sustain my life. Because think about it, right? Like Rukoya says, there is almost there are a lot of things that if you want to do it in this like you just have to have money i was talking to you at that time that if you guys know him so no he was way. explaining the way scholars used to arrange their books in in the book of fiqh right and it was like they will start from uh, you know solar is the key to jana right so they will start from tohu like ablution and all of this because that's the key to solar then no. they will go to solar then they will go to business how to earn money you know, all of those things, tijara and stuff, before they now talk about marriage. Hmm. It says, because for you to marry, you need some money, right? You need to be able to sustain your family. You need to get house. Like Allah did not say, the prophet did not say go and marry. He said, if you are capable, right? So for you to be capable, you need some money. So money is really, really necessary, right? To discharge a lot of things in Islam. She mentioned the example of the, the hadith of the, the people that came to meet the prophet. Actually, the hadith, just to expand on it a bit, they, they came to him and they were like, the rich among us have amassed all the benefits of Islam, right? No. How come I call? Not exactly what they said. They are praying as we are praying. You know, they are going for jihad as we are going for jihad. They are doing all of these things. But in addition to that, they're able to do sadaqah. They're able to give zakat. They're able to do more things that we cannot do. Right? So the point there is with money, with wealth, you can do more things that you might not be able to do. When You cannot help the poor by being poor. Like, literally, you, know, you can expand on that more than that. But literally, you can't help the poor by being poor. You need, you need some. So it's a test. Now it depends on how you use it. That, that's just what I want to what I want to say in a nutshell. Mm, that's, that's really a nutshell. I think you mentioned one thing. Was it me or you that mentioned it? The, one, one poem of Imam uh, Shafi. Oh, that, that was you. I don't know if it was you or me. But that I know I came across it from, yeah. That, that if you, I think I forgot, uh, you back and feel bad or something like that. Like, if 
you have like a lot of thoughts. Yeah, like, if you're old, people know you so much in front of people. Exactly, and you wish that they are they, they are concealed. They were covered. So one yeah. of those veils that you can you can be good to people. Allah is to good do good to uh, good deeds to them. If you do a lot of good deeds, like sadaqa, you know, for example, let, let, let me give an example. I'm not going to mention a name. Like there's a popular man, you know, that has like oil company that's sponsored you know, <laughs> stuff like that. People will never talk about his bad parts, even if he has. Mm. Do you get the point? So although this is not the aim for a Muslim, it's not to be good. It's not just to for people to talk about uh, his good, his this or that. So, but those are like the extra benefits. You know, when you are wealthy and you spend it the right way for Allah, no. So it just become automatically good in the first of people. When you die, like, so how lie? It was very good. He assisted me on this even after you died. So that's another benefit that I think uh, comes with uh, having some wealth. It doesn't mean you must have a lot or stuff like that. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just going to add something to that. You know, there's this dua yeah. that we are recommended to say after, I think that should be after Salatu Subh. Allahumma inni asaluka ridman nafi'a for this giver. Like what is konto yiba? So like that is konto yiba is that's um risk that is pure, right? No. No. And then ilman nafia and then like combination of ilman nafia, like knowledge that is beneficial and risk that is pure. I mean, if you have knowledge that is beneficial, I mean you can also have knowledge of how to use the risk that is pure when you have that knowledge because. You know, somebody that does not have knowledge of how to use this, like, just like you said, you mentioned about the book of Fiqh some minutes ago, like, somebody that does not have that knowledge, how would the person, how do you expect the person to spend the risk, even if the risk is pure? There's no knowledge, right? So, person will probably just not spend the risk, if the risk is meant to be spent. So, I just wanted to add that even making dua also, why one is making dua for risk, is still also very important to make dua to Allah, to give somebody the knowledge to spend that risk the way Allah will be pleased with one, right? So not just paying for risk. Oh, Allah, give me risk. Oh, Allah, give me risk. You know, <laughs> that, that, that's very common these days. People want money by all Because we are going to account for it. No, no, we are going to account for it on your mouth. Yeah. We are going to account where we, where we got the risk. There's an hadith for that, right? Okay, where we got our provision in this world. I think so I think it's like there's no step. Right? I didn't get that's, that. Like I said, like that's for like when the child is still in the womb, like the things that are written for the child. Is that what you're? Mm, I, I actually mean like uh, there is a hadith. I can't remember the exact wording. Like on the day of Kiyama, you would not like move a step. That might not be. That might not be translated literally. So until you ask for like three things, if I'm not wrong, where you end your wealth, like the source of your wealth, mm -hmm. right? And, I think uh, it's four things. Is I it four? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I know two thing. things are there: the source mm -hmm. and how you spend it. No, no. Those how you spend it? Yeah. Source of those your wealth. How you spend it? So those two things I remember very well. No. So whether you have it a lot, and the more you have it, the more the test that comes with it. That's just what we have to be clear about. No. That's why I say it's not ultimately good. The more you have it, the more the challenges. So you want to have more. You want to sustain being wealthy. You don't want to go back to being poor. <laughs> At the same time, you want to discharge your duty to your Lord and to people around you. So the more you have it, the more the challenges. So, but if you're able to discharge those duties, then you have extra damage, you know, like extra rewards. No, no. Along what you just said too, you know, there's this other hadith. I heard it from a scholar, like 
this week I was listening to a lecture. He mentioned that um, there were some people that the Prophet Sallallahu did not pray when they died. He did not pray um, Janaza on them because they were having money, like they were owing some people, or was he, I, I don't know how to describe this. They had some debts. Yeah, debts. And he did not they pray. Had un, unpaid debts. Yes, he did not pay. <laughs> He did not pay Janaza on them because he had not paid them. That, that just goes until someone magnitude. said he would help him to pay it. No, that just goes to show the magnitude of 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 debts as well, like your wealth. I mean, or I think there's something we are going to see along that later when we are talking, inshallah. Uh, uh, yeah, we've said a lot already. <laughs> I think we should just talk about like just a little bit. Why do people earn allow around money, or why do people want to earn? Around money, what attracts people to Haram money these days? I, I know the world has become, I don't know, maybe a little bit difficult. And then maybe part of what is making it more difficult is because there's so much show of items and we have social media, everybody is showing on social media. I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. And then everybody wants to also have this, I have that. Could, could that be part of the reason why? People are attracted to our own, or yeah, just like your view on that. Why do you think people are attracted to our own money or our own wealth? I think Rukoya can go first this time. Around. I think I was thrown out for a while. Oh, okay. Okay, so I was saying that, okay, aside the fact that there's a shaitan factor, right? Okay. Because that shaitan uses, well, let me say, some tools that Allah has given to shaitan to test man with, and one of them is wealth. Mm. So that's why you even see a lot of Muslims becoming non-Muslims because of what they want from the hand of non-Muslims. And because those mm. ones are telling you, you have to do this thing before we can give you this. So they wow. end up falling into that trap. So I feel like, yeah, the fact that um, Shaitan promises wealth unconsciously to us in a way, because if you are if you are if you are if you are in a financial crisis, for instance, now that's when you start having thoughts like, "Should be this guy came to come and meet you the other time that you should do this bets." Then you should come and do this um, riba stuff, and you didn't answer. Eh, continue to face your problem and all that. So I feel like. Sometimes that's one of one of the reasons because there's no istiqamah, so there's no steadfastness. Sometimes some people don't even know that they're doing is haram, right? And sometimes some even know, but because of this immediate pleasure that comes from you having so much money and what you can do with that money, sometimes it is power that makes people like go for around money because they feel like ah, if I should do this thing sharp sharp it's quickly blue and something some, something will happen we'll be able to like do this stuff and all that so sometimes for some people especially that are in political office they know that some of these things are not right and they know that they can actually have some control over maybe like sometimes if you are in a political office especially in Nigeria you may not be able to like totally avoid or let me say they totally avoid some haram money because sometimes you never know where the money is coming from you just get it in your account and you don't know where it is coming from so but there are sometimes that even when when they know they still go for it because they feel like see it's just one life i have to live yolo you only live once so i don't want to 
much as they want from this dunya. So I feel like those are like the real, like some of the things that really make people like just go for haramon because number one is fast, it's quick, it's 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 um attractive yes it's very very attractive and it's very very easy in a way yeah. once you just have kidnapping just kidnap somebody sell sharp sharp you even see a lot of customers you sell sharp and you've gotten your money so like it's so it's so nearer so easy or like when you're trying to like create halal means of money halal yeah. means of sustenance and you have to be very rigorous about it you have to work hard you have to you have to boycott a lot of things just because they are haram and except for you Allah makes it easy for and um, even nowadays like the hadith of Rasulullah that a time know. would come when people would not where their money is coming from as long as there's money so they don't even want to know where it's coming from and that's one of the signs of the end of time like as end of time comes comes closer then people pay less attention to where their money is coming from May Allah just grant us halal means of sustenance and we um, grant us efficiency as well. Um, that's very important. I think before Abdullah said anything, uh, while require us, okay, something came to my mind. I think one, another thing I'm going to have to work with, I said, is peer pressure, right? Peer pressure. I mean, you have five friends. Three of them have started driving Mercedes-Benz G-Class. The other one is driving Honda. And then you are there. I mean, <laughs> there is definitely going to be some form of peer pressure. And then, the, the, apart from peer pressure, right, the other pressure from home as well, sometimes family pressure or own pressure. And then the same guy goes back home and then they are telling him at home that she or then you and around or in, can't you see your friends? <laughs> can't you see your friends? Like, where are your friends getting the cars from? Where are they getting the money to buy those things? And you are just there. You are just there. Maybe they are even using you, say, they are using your own, <laughs> what, they, what they used to call, what's Ogo in English? <laughs> Glory. Yeah, yeah, maybe they are even using your own Glory, say, <laughs> all of them are writing bands, there you are. So, you know, things like that can also make someone, can push somebody to start learning a lot of haram worlds. So, uh, just those are just two additions to what you said. I, I think Abdullah should conclude on this part before we move, move to another thing. Yeah. And that thing yeah, you, t- t- three things were in my mind. You, you mentioned one of them, which is the environment. So I'll, I'll come back to it. But the first thing I think is lack of taqwa online. That's like the number one thing that comes to my mind. There is this mm-hmm. ayah in the Quran that Allah says, Are you the one that distributes the wealth of Allah? Mm-hmm. So he's the one that distributes it. And it's not equal. No. And this is part of his ultimate wisdom, right? No. So what I will have in life, it's not what you have. So every one of us can actually have a fast reference to things like this. So you might think of, oh, I graduated, I had the best GP, I did thing, and that person that is far below me was already doing his PhD, maybe he's in his third or fourth year before I even got an admission. No, so no. every one of us has like a fast reference to things like this. So if no. you don't have to talk about to accept the conduct of Allah, mm. right? So you look at your, you look at people around you, people that you graduated together, stuff like that. <clears throat> That person is married, that person is in car, this person has his own house, that person has moved to Dubai. So, and you, you are just there, you are working harder than these people, you are smarter than these people, you are putting in so much effort, right, that everybody knows you, but some way, somehow, it's not just working out for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, the ability to accept that this is the will of Allah, right? 
So you can't go beyond what Allah has written that you have in this life. So mm. no matter the effort, right? You no. can put effort and effort, but if Allah doesn't want you to have it, and this is part of his wisdom, and this is just a test. So we just have to know, like, at the back of our mind that everything in this life is a test, right? One plus one does not have to be two. Mm. At times, one plus one in Allah's decision might be 100, right? You might be so lazy and you're just falling back into wealth. You're just falling back into success, right? The less you are trying, the more the success is coming. And you might be so hardworking that success is coming or the other one, right, is coming. So one plus one can be zero, it can be five. So the ability to accept that this is the issue of Allah, that's number one thing, right? Not to go out of your way, to go and seek impermissible ways, you know, wow. to cut shortcuts and, and all of these things. So that's number one thing. Then number two, like you mentioned, I think Rokoya mentioned this a bit, like competition, right? Um, there is this ayah in Quran, Al-Hakumutakafu. Uh, no. So competition for worldly things has deceived us a lot. If you look at a lot of social media today, we can talk of, let's be realistic here, talk of Instagram, for example. A very high percentage of people that are on there, I'm not saying it's haram to be on there, I have an Instagram account, even though I do you, but a percentage of people that are on there is just show of what clothes, what designer clothes are you putting on today? What designer shoe? Which car did you just get? Which phone did you just get? Which travel did you just add? You know, it's mostly show off, show off. And the more this show off, the, uh, the amount of this show off, the more people, you know, are envious of these things. People are jealous, people want to have these things too. So from there, this person is competing with that person and that person is competing with that person at the end of the day. SubhanAllah, we don't care where we end our money again. And the last one is the env environment factor that you mentioned. And Allah, this is, this is the, to me this is like the most emotional one for me like people are literally looking at you they want you to be like that person that seems successful and they don't want to care how you get they don't care about how you get there i don't know if that makes sense no so there are a lot of parents that you go and meet them today that don't you see your child what is doing is fraud like is literally defrauding people to earn money and it keeps building house keeps buying car are you not going to correct them what are most families saying today they will say, FLO, just, just leave him. So far, he has money. Money no day before. Even if you know Duam, whether you do him or you know Duam, even if he's very faithful, no matter what you do, money no, job, money, no, money no go come, right? Now he has money, you are still saying the way he ends it in part. So because he wants to say, he wants to boast in the party that, ah, my, my, ch my children, they are now in, all of them are now in Dubai, they are now in, you know, US, UK, and all of those things. So this environment factor, the terrible one. Ibrahim has already mentioned most of it. Like people are looking at you, people want you to be there and be there, and they don't care about the path that you that you go to because a lot of people today, high passenger people, are into what is haram, which is mostly for these days, which is very sad, particularly in this part of the world, right? So it's affecting others too. You know, younger ones that are growing up, they are looking at you that you know faithful you even go for salah you do all of those things you work hard but somehow, somehow you are using one and i'm CRT, right not necessarily that for everyone <laughs> there are a lot of people that are hard working and they have this wealth but at the same time there are people that are hard working and don't have so they will not see that person that is hard working and has that wealth they will only be seeing the person that is hard working but is suffering you not see that guy that he's not really doing anything you just do like two hours internet scam and blah 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 and it's yeah, big already so, and they will look at it like, why should I go through this hard way if I can, you know, just do this? Of course. Way? 
they will say he's working smart. Mm. This is this is a major issue. May a lot prevent us and our family from this because um, it's, it's uh, spreading fast. It's spreading uh, fast and it's become acceptable in the community. Uh, People don't see it as something that isn't promising again. And this is the this is the danger. Right. Yeah, there was one time recently that there was this metric of success now for the average community is how much money you have. Like, I feel like that's one of the issues because the metric of success that people are using in every environment, almost all cultures, the metric of success they use is how much money the person has. And that's that's like, that's very, very faulty. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not even about how much you are contributing to the society or how much. Yeah. It's just the function of how much money. What, what card do you write when you call me with Mercedes Benz? Ah, I'm allergic to do. <laughs> I'm like, yes, go. <laughs> I think one thing that I wanted to ask to what Abila said is the whole environment thing. There was recently, okay, I don't know if it was recently. There was one time I saw one picture of um, mothers of Yahoo boys. They were protesting. I don't know if you also saw that picture that time. Uh, boys, the mothers of people that were Yahoo boys were protesting. But you can imagine that if some people can come out publicly and call themselves mothers of Yahoo boys, oh, that's wow. like that's that's crazy. That's a, that's extreme. What, what, what another thing that is that is the, what, another thing that is spreading the acceptance is you know we joke with a lot of things these days. Yeah. And if, if you know me, I'm someone that like memes a lot. Like I literally have a group <laughs> for me, right? I do meme yes. analysis and all of those things. But one thing that I've been calling like most of my friends' attention to these days, which I'm trying to, you know, don't to not fall into it, is that a lot of these things are encapsulated in memes these days. And people no. are not realizing it. No. You are sharing a meme of a someone scamming someone and they are making loving stuff of the best person oh, that was scammed. And it's been funny, you are sharing to status, and everybody is resharing it. And everybody is sharing, you are making meme of someone slapping someone in the middle of the road. All these <laughs> vouchers, it has turned into memes, and slowly it's becoming part of us, and we are not. Yeah, you know, like, you assume we are subconsciously <laughs> accepting it. Yeah. So another thing I was even going to, like, um, bring up was, Okay, what about, um, I remember something like there's a situation of, okay, if Allah is the one that is like granting us sustenance, so definitely mm-hmm. even if I'm earning um, haram money, then it's because Allah has written it for me as what I would be earning. Exactly. You know, that kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that kind of mentality as well. That, that's very similar. You know, in our previous episode, we talk about the whole thing of don't judge me, right? This is very similar to that thing of don't judge me. You know, why should you judge me? <laughs> what if Allah has written it that this money is the money I'm going to get? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Just a way of covering up that part that, okay, this money is actually haram. So just a way of finding that excuse that if Allah did not cuckoo write it, I will not cook it. <laughs> okay, is... But is there anything that we can, like, we can say to address something like that? Well, I'm definitely sure some people have that kind of mentality. Oh, okay, the, the, okay, to address that. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is free will. There is free will. This is an established concept in Islam. You can decide to stand up now, right? You can decide to go and sleep. Allah has given you this free will. They can call Allah now. I can decide to remain seated and I can decide to go. So mm-hmm. ultimately, Allah is going to ask us. You remember the hadith of you will not move forward on the day of judgment? No. Until you are asked, where did you end your world? 
if this is a valid excuse that this is my quarter, hey, Allah will not ask you where did you end your words. You just say, ah, mm-hmm. it's quarter now. Let me write out. So <laughs> this is very, I don't know, this is a very bad way of thinking. Wallahi. And you know the reality. Realities we all know. It's not that these people that are saying these things don't know. They know what is right. They know what is wrong. But our ego, you know, what we, our, how do you say it? Like, our love for this dunya, like, I must have it. Anyway, anyhow, this is actually the issue. You can go around that go to explain this hadith and that hadith and that ayah. But these guys, these people know. We all know, right? <laughs> so the ability to not accept these words of Allah, that's that's the where the issue is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let me keep TV for us to follow his commandment. Too. Because we really it's easier, it's easier said than done. <laughs> it's easier said than done. May Allah just protect us from all these things we are talking about. And it's really it's a it's a weird time to be alive. Really, and uh, I, I was just going to add something to the explanation, the answer Abdullah gave, um, which is the I think that should be the third person's word to moon Christ, uh, which is Aladi Kalakal Mauta Wal Hayataliya Blue Akum Ayyukum Ahsan Amada. So, like Allah has given us, um, Allah has created death and life. To test which of us, I'm just giving a, an overview. I'm not a scholar to interpret. I'm just giving an overview of what the verse is talking about. Allah has created death and life to test which of us is going to be best in this. Like, so it's basically a test. This whole life is basically a test. So deciding on one's own view that okay, I'm going to do this, and finding a reason to do that. Why knowing that Allah does not want me to do this? I'm I think that's how part of the test, right? And you know, just like you said on your multiama, we are all going to report to Allah back that okay, this is the life you give to me, this is what I used it to do. And that is when like there's this Yoruba word that they used to use. I, I can't remember the Yoruba word. Yeah. But that is basically when everything is going to become obvious and nobody there is no there is basically no going to be a way out. There won't be anywhere to run to. I mean, where does one want to run to? And there's no way to run to. May Allah protect us from, from this kind of things. Um, I think the episode is getting quite long. Maybe we should stop at this point, but there's still a lot to talk about, right? There's still a lot to talk about, and we've spent about 15 minutes already. I mean, we'll, yes, this is um, 8.20 already. No, that's over, like 15 minutes already. And there's still a lot more to talk about. I feel there's still a lot no, more to talk about. There's definitely a lot more. So I feel we should end at this point on this note and just continue next time. Do you have any concluding? Um, concluding? <laughs> do, do, do we want to conclude this? I actually have well, I don't have a conclusion yet. Conclusion, so far, I feel like, yes, Allah may allow rights for us, our sustenance. Yes, but no. from the deduction I've made now, from what um, Ibrahim and Abdullah has mentioned, is the fact that there's this concept of free will. So if Allah wills that, okay, yes, within so in this year, you'll be making probably $2 million. It's possible you'll be making it the halal way, and it's also possible you'll be making it the haram way, no. based on what you have decided to do. So for those that feel like they are stifled, 
just be at back of your mind that whatever Allah has written for you would always be yours. So no. just try to strive in the halal way no. and don't strive in the haram way because either way, the money would still be yours. No. So together with getting whatever Allah has, has um, written for you, also gets the pleasure of Allah alongside it. I think that, that's where I would like to like, just conclude for today. Because hmm. there's still a lot that has to be said that we've not even touched on. No. Oh, that's a very great no. point to end with. Now, let me add something to that. Okay. Right, if you permit me. No. Right, but... So the reason why I really want to add this is because someone might listen to this episode and not listen to the next episode. So right. So I just want to point it out that subhanAllah, no matter what you earn in this world. No. Whether I do it the halal way or you do the haram way, this world is so ephemeral, right? No. We are here today, tomorrow, we are not. So, and it's not about your age, it's not about your wealth. It, it, death can come anytime, and not no. right? No. So, and once death comes, no matter what you've accumulated, so it's not yours anymore. So, it's not yours, whether you've done it the halal way or you've done it the haram way. So, and the irony of this is on the day of Kiyama, we are going to be asked about this right we are going to be asked about this so and subhanallah on that day there will be no currency to spend you know the person that you the person that you've taken his wealth in an illegal way unjustly the person that you unjustly the person that you've stolen from the person that you've deceived that market that you've sold in a lesser quantity by the time you've collected your money in full quantity all this dubious way that people try to earn wealth on that day you will not be able to you know, pay it back with any currency. Mm. So the wealth that you left in the world will not be useful on that day. So mm. the only thing that you have left is the good deeds. So and bear in mind that no matter what, Allah, you are going to repay it back. Right? You are going to repay. This is what Allah has made us understand that you are going to repay all these illegal way of earning. You are going to repay it back to people that you took it from. So mm. and the only way you are going to repay it back is from your good deeds. And the reality is most people that end this way, they don't have enough good deeds. Right? People that end the halal way are struggling with their good deeds. Talk less of someone that end their own way. Because mm-hmm. when you end their own way, all the good deeds that you do with it is not avoid. Allah doesn't accept what is impure. So you literally doesn't have, you literally don't have good deeds to repay it back. Mm-hmm. So that people's bad deeds, right? The people that you took their property in unjustly, their own bad mm-hmm. deeds will now be taken from them and be added to your own bad deeds. So, you know, punishment over punishment. So this is just the reality of it. And this is what we have to bear in mind that it's better to stay within what Allah has provided for, for you from your little struggling in this dunya, just to, you know, live to it and go back to Allah than to have a lot of wealth and you get it unjustly, then you now be, you know, you'll be so sad and, you know, you really regret it on the day of Qiyamah. So this is just... What I want to add, like the boy said, is easier said than done. I pray Allah make it easy for me, um, for you guys, and for everyone listening, and for everyone um, in this studio, so that we don't regret on the day of Qiyamah just because we want to drive Mercedes or have big house. Now, I just want to conclude with a dua, which is the last part in Surah to Bakura, right? Like you can give us a May Allah not test us beyond that which we are capable of handling. Uh, I think that's very important. May Allah not test us with wealth that we are not capable of, and you know, capable of doing the way Allah will be pleased with us. 
I mean, just like Luke mentioned, the pleasure of life is very important. May Allah not test us in, the, in that way. I thought you were going to say the dua of Allah, but feeling the halalika and halalika. Oh, that, that, that's probably that's a very profound dua. That's probably going to come in the next okay. episode, inshallah. Okay. So I mentioned some, some of the Afka recommended by the Prophet, inshallah. Now, I think we can conclude on this one. So I'll uh, see you in the next episode. Inshallah, in the next episode, we talk more about solutions, how we can manage our earnings, how we can stay away from around earnings, sorry, <laughs> and how, how we can manage just things, inshallah. So see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.